Welcome. As promised in the previous episode about military to civilian interview tips, I'm back here with military to civilian salary negotiations in this episode of Career Podcast with Audrey Prenzel. Specifically, I'll be guiding you through the salary negotiation process, which includes letting you know what is and is not on the table, how to prepare, and how to respond. I'm particularly excited to share this content targeting military members who transition to the civilian work sector because, honestly, as usual, there's nothing online or in print focusing specifically on soon-to-be-released military members or veterans. There's nothing available to help them navigate through the process of corporate salary negotiations. And I'm all about doing what other people are unable to or too lazy to or too afraid to. Like any of my podcasts involving the military, the content I'll be sharing here is applicable not only, of course, for our Canadian Armed Forces members, but also for American, Australia, and UK members as well. So let's get the right outlook here. Know that, like almost anything I talk about with respect to any component of the civilian employment journey as you leave the military, it's going to take some planning and it's going to take some research. Most employers look upon negotiating salary favorably and actually prefer candidates who skillfully negotiate. In fact, the more senior level the position in the corporate sector, not unionized positions, just corporate, it is expected that you're going to negotiate. It shows your business acumen. It shows you have sound, rational decision-making. It shows your leadership and confidence. Listen, the company's sole purpose is to attract, hire, and retain the right talent who will stay there for the long haul rather than wasting more time and more money on recruitment or turnover, and onboarding-related costs. I want you to know that negotiations are a compromise, and you will not likely get every single thing you want. It's give and take. So it's critical that you think about what is most important to you well before you even start to negotiate. In fact, you should do this before you even apply to jobs and attend interviews. Are you looking for the highest amount of money you can possibly score? Are you more interested in work-life balance? Are you eager to secure great benefits because you have family members with complex medical care? Reflect, either on your own or with your significant other, what is a must-have versus a nice-to-have, so that you can make good decisions for yourself but ensure when you get into the throes of negotiations that you don't push too hard on an item unless it's important enough that you're willing to walk away from an offer. It's easy not to negotiate. People, and especially currently serving military members or veterans who were always just assigned to a pay scale, tell themselves or others, I just want to get a job. I'll ask for a raise later on. Or sometimes they try to convince themselves, I'll just work really hard and I'll get a promotion and then I'll get more money. That's fear driving your career. 
How about you steer your career instead of letting fear steer your career? Without question, your negotiating power is strongest before your employment contract is signed. If you don't even attempt to negotiate and just settle for whatever they throw at you, this is detrimental to your finances and perks, which will definitely, at some point, impact your overall happiness there. I can't tell you how many people have told me they didn't realize that a coworker doing the same job as them or at a lower level within the same company was making as much as twenty dollars to $50,000 more a year simply because they took the time to plan, then strategically negotiate at time of hire. This may sound a little strange. You do not want to be the first person to bring up salary. Even during an interview, which you could be asked at any point, sometimes seemingly casual, so tell us what you're looking for in terms of salary. You actually want to deflect it as long as possible. The idea is you want to create value, and only once you've been offered a position, then strategically prepare a response to whatever they offer you. You could answer with, at this early stage, I'd like to learn more about this opportunity before I can confidently answer. That seems reasonable, doesn't it? It's difficult to disagree with that. If it's clear that the interview will not proceed without you answering, you could respond with, I'm looking for fair compensation based on duties and expectations for this opportunity. What amount has been allocated in the budget to cover this role? If pressed for a number, give as wide a range as possible. If they ask what you made in the military or what your military pension is, it's none of their business and has no bearing whatsoever regarding what they should pay you. You are under no obligation to tell them, so don't. Let's flip the script here. Knowing your wages in the Canadian Armed Forces are public information and posted online, sometimes they'll tell you they've looked up your trade or rank and let's say your specialty pay or called spec pay, if applicable. They use this as a salary control tactic. They'll indicate that because they know what you made there, they'll tell you that we will pay you X amount of dollars per year. It could be the same as what you made in the military, or it could be less. If someone's taking the time to do this, it's not going to be more. Here's what they're banking on. Your fear, potentially, and the lack of knowledge. They know you're used to environments where you don't argue. You do what you're told from a supervisor. They're also banking on the fact that they believe you don't know enough to negotiate your own salary. Personally, I find this very insulting. Over the years, I've heard of a few veterans interviewing, and the interviewers actually said, you should be grateful that I'm offering you anything. Wow, that's dirty and terrible, to be honest. So, for anyone, if a company is going to determine your salary for a new job based on a former job, you need to get up and walk out of that interview. Now, when you're dealing with a recruiter or a search firm, Salary can be a different thing altogether. I will be interviewing a well-respected recruiter in an upcoming episode that will be geared towards everyone, not just military. 
We will discuss military candidates briefly, though, and she'll be able to shed some great insight for the whole recruiting process, including salary. Money is important. It's imperative to practice your negotiation scripts verbally. This boosts your confidence, and you need to be confident for successful negotiations in order to get the best possible salary, benefits, and incentives. Let's figure out what can and cannot be negotiated. Basically, if an item falls within an employment contract, it can be negotiated, keeping the employer's available resources in mind. Some employers will be more flexible than others. Salary is only one part of the total compensation that can be negotiated. Some employers are unable to budge much on the salary. However, the more senior the role, the more room there usually is to negotiate. What exactly can be negotiated? Increased vacation time, more personal days, sign-on bonus, pension plans. Why am I including pension plans? You want to ensure that any future pay raise includes an increase in the company's pension contributions. Tuition reimbursement, free professional development courses, RSPs for Canadians or 401k for my American friends and superannuations or a super for my Aussie listeners matched by employer, corporate profit sharing, medical, dental, vision benefits, even the start time when the benefits kick in can be negotiated. Some places they don't kick in until six months. I've encouraged my clients to cut that time in half down to three months or from three months down to immediately. Company-provided cell phone, computer, or tablet. Use of company car and gas card. The amount of meal and travel allowance. Mileage for on-the-job travel when using your own vehicle. Parking passes, childcare costs. Moving or relocation expense reimbursement. Commission rates. Memberships. Think golf courses, gyms, art studios, ski resorts, etc. Company discounts for their products or services. Flexible schedule. Work from home opportunity. Spousal or partner outplacement. So, in this context, this refers to cover letter and resume development, interview training, and job search assistance for your trailing spouse or partner who accompanies you to your new job in a new location. And still with outplacement, the opportunity for you to access an outplacement service and even a provider of your choice, because rest assured, they are not all created equal, if you are terminated, downsized, or offshored. For those of you working outside of your home country, there are further things to consider, such as benefit coverage for your accompanying spouse or partner and children. There have been cases where benefits coverage stopped at the end of a contract on a Friday, and while the family was about to fly home over the weekend, something happened to a child requiring medical assistance, and they had no benefits. In these cases, it's smart to make sure your benefit coverage lasts until the next business day, if you finish your contract on a Friday or a statutory holiday. This sounds pretty grim, but it's all stuff to consider. There have even been cases 
where somebody was working in another country and they actually died suddenly. The family members were left there with no coverage because all the benefits ceased immediately. They had to relocate and pay their way back home. So consider these types of factors if you are working overseas. Okay, so let's get into the specifics. You've interviewed maybe one or two times and bingo, you've been presented with a job offer. You want to thank them and express your sincere appreciation and excitement about the opportunity and that you would like some time to review it. Keep in mind, some offers have time limits. They will indicate this and it should be written in the job offer. Even if you like what you see on the page at a quick glance, do not accept it and sign it right then and there because you'll lose your negotiating power. You may also want someone else to review it, such as your spouse or an accountant or a lawyer or someone like me. If for some strange reason you do not get the job offer in writing, ask them to write it out for you. Over the 20 plus years I've been doing this, there have only been a few times when the details were verbally shared with the job candidate. Fortunately for those individuals, I had coached them about this possibility and they asked for all the details to be written down. Strangely enough, though, in one case, the company didn't. So my client, the job candidate, actually wrote it all down himself and had them sign it. From there, he was able to meet with them afterwards and negotiate better perks. Sometimes all that critical information may not be in the job offer. If something is not specified that you would like to know, such as vacation days versus personal days, or whether they pay for professional development initiatives, or do you have to front the money first? Ask right away, but if you don't immediately notice, it's certainly okay to call back and ask for clarification from HR once you're home. You want to do your research. Know what people in your industry, at your level, in that geographic area are making. Reflect about the aspects of the job that are most important to you. Is it going to meet your career goals? Is the pay good enough? Does it align with your personal values and priorities? Does it provide the sort of work-life balance you're looking for? Does it take care of you and your family's health care and dental needs? Once you've reviewed the offer, you will like some of it and other parts you'd like to see changed. This is normal. You want to meet face-to-face with whoever the decision maker is. It could be the CEO, the head of HR, or department manager. More than likely, this person would have been part of your interview or interviews. You want to address every single item. It's probably best if you just form them into a list. Start with the most important, which is the base salary. Always ask for more than what you actually want. It's easy to come down, but you can't go back up. Let's say you've been offered $105,000 for your new position. Your research tells you that other people in similar roles with competing companies are starting off between $113,000 to $114,000. You could say something like, I'm hoping you can help me out here. I would have thought with my experience, you would have come where somewhere around the $119,000 range. Is this negotiable at all? Can you move up 
from 105. And then you can go back and forth and hopefully land somewhere around 113 or more. Be ready, though, in order to be paid more, be willing to offer more. Add some more responsibilities to make it justifiable to pay you $119,000 a year. Mention any special qualifications you bring. Talk about recent projects that you completed that would bring value to the company. More often than not, this works. Get the salary nailed first before you systematically talk about everything else on your list. Take notes as you go. Sometimes, though, they can't budge on the salary. Instead of getting agitated or disappointed, get creative. Ask if you can get more personal days each month or weeks of holiday each year. Or say you'd work for that amount of money, but only if you do it four days a week. If you have particularly unique or hard-to-find skills, a sharp decision-maker will recognize that getting you for 32 hours instead of 40 hours each week would still benefit the company. Or indicate you would accept that amount with the written promise of a mid-year adjustment. I mentioned give and take earlier, and this is where it's critical. You're going to say what you would like, but if there's something you want more of, ask for it, but be willing to give up something else. In your case, when you have pensioners, dental, and healthcare benefits from the military, you could say you'd bypass benefits in lieu of more money or more vacation time. And assuming you haven't tipped your hand, you could also offer up a no-cost relocation for you and your family to start in a new city. The military in Canada covers this coast to coast, so you might as well make this benefit work for you and earn more money or get some other perk with the company. If you had no reason to bring up vacation time during the salary negotiation and you'd like more vacation time, you could say something like, considering the time I'll be putting into my role here, having five weeks of vacation time is very important to me. Do you have any flexibility in that area? If they're offering three, you ask for five. You could get five, but more than likely you'll get four. And four is better than three. Show gratitude as you speak. Maintain the demeanor and language that is positive and with the underlying tone that you will reach mutual resolution. When you're crafting your wording, consider using phrasing such as, I'm excited by the opportunity to work together. Based on my research, similarly situated employees, is that number flexible at all? I would be more comfortable if, if you do that, I'm on board. Here are some things not to say, and yes, these are based on what people have actually said. Wow, I never thought you'd offer me that much. Is that all you're offering me? My medical pension will shore up with the lower salary you're offering me, so thank you for this job opportunity. I need more than that because I have credit card debt to pay off. They don't care about your personal problems. It's your responsibility to show value in order to earn a higher offer rather than just be handed something for charity. I'd work here no matter what you offered me. I have a lot of other companies trying to recruit me. 
This is a little arrogant, and it does nothing to create value or an environment conducive to fair negotiations. You may very well have a better job offer from another place, but spin it to your advantage by saying something like, Full disclosure here, I have a competing offer from a company that will pay me X amount, but honestly, this opportunity here is a better fit for me. They will be a whole more lot likely to work with you when you say this instead of basically pay me more because other companies will. Once you've systematically gone through all the elements of the employment offer, let them know that you'll happily sign the final offer once they've updated the terms that you have just agreed upon. Remember to close out any other offers that you've received as you've been interviewing with other companies. You want to make sure you are respectful of their time and the effort they've invested in you thus far. I think it's proper to call them and then follow up with a courtesy letter. Please be sure that they know you are not rejecting them, but that you have accepted an offer that is simply a better fit for you. Do not tender your resignation, put in your release papers, until you have received a written offer from a new employer. I can't tell you how many times over the years people have done that, military and elsewhere. Share your good news with anybody who supported you during your job search. Sometimes the military's release section needs to see an offer of employment if they're going to let you go earlier than that typical 30-day release timeline. So you're going to want to give them a copy if that's the case. Thank your references. Consider treating them in a way that acknowledges your gratitude, whether it's a gift card or dinner or tickets to a show. I think that's classy. And now it's time for me to say thank you again for tuning into Career Podcast with Audrey Prenzel. Please feel free to share this podcast with someone else who could benefit from it. Leave comments and, of course, hit subscribe. If you'd like a PDF copy of my book, Military to Civvy Street, e-transfer $20 to audrey.prenzel at gmail.com and I'll send you the link to download it. Although I'm not writing so much anymore, I'm available for one-to-one coaching and advisement to help you achieve your career transition goals. Email me, audrey.prenzel at gmail.com. You're welcome to follow me and message me on Instagram and Twitter. Look for Audrey Prenzel. Life can be challenging. Until our next episode, purposefully take good care of yourself.